0: everybody. Welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Julia. And we're sitting here about a week before the 4th of July, but we're here to wish you happy
1: 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Also, uh, today is a very special day for my family. Want to know why? I sure do. Uh, Because my little brother that's a foot taller than me turns, I don't know what age today, but it's his birthday. So happy birthday, Van. Happy birthday.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Julia, this is our first thing that we're recording separately now. I miss having you in my apartment.
1: I know. It's Honestly, it feels like it's been forever since we've recorded something because it has. It's been maybe two and a half weeks. Yeah,
0: it's been a while. Three weeks, maybe?
1: No, it's been probably... Like two and a like half two and weeks. two and
0: a half weeks, yeah. Um, but it's so long. And I've just been doing my solo stuff for the Patreon. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever.
1: Yeah. We've both been like really busy over the summer, which was not anticipated. It was not
0: my intention. My intention was to do nothing but read and drink all summer. Right. And now I'm busy. How right. does this happen?
1: I, this is the issue with... I think both of us, because we both love working all of the time. Yes, that's true. And so then we do. And then we're like, but we didn't want to work all of the time, (laughs) right? (laughs) But we did. We
0: do. And I have a problem sometimes saying no to people. So, Mm,
1: yes, same.
0: I overbook myself very frequently. Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like, though, in general, this happens to me every summer. Summer shows up, and I'm like, I'm going to relax, I'm going to go to the pool. I'm going to go on hikes, I'm going to be really tan, and we are three weeks into my summer, I'm still very pale, and nothing's happened.
1: (laughs) I'm like, oh my goodness,
0: when am I going to relax?
1: Right, so I'm running summer camps, but our summer camps are like completely outside from nine to three. That's nice. So I, for the first time in my life ever, I have a watch tan.
0: (gasps) You're like a camp counselor.
1: I know. It's so weird and exciting. <laughs> um, because normally I'm just so pale all of the time. And now I look at my my arms and I'm just like, wow, you tan really nicely.
0: I am really happy with for you. I'm really happy Thank for you. you. Do you Thank get the you. freckles? You seem like someone who would get like sun freckles.
1: Not really. When I was younger, I used to get like that sun line across the... the end of my nose. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking I about? I do know what
0: you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Me and one of my cousins would get that. And it's like starting to show up a little bit. And literally it has not happened to me since elementary school. Oh so gosh. it's crazy. That's
0: good. That means you're getting some good sun. Or just too much sun. <laughs> or too
1: much. Are you wearing sunscreen? And I need, Don't forget. Um. Most of the time, yes. It's been like 100 degrees here. And so yes, I'm wearing it when the heat is that that high but at like 80 no
0: yeah i usually at least wear some on my nose because my nose gets like bright red and the rest of it will be fine but it's like my nose and my shoulders get burned so fast
1: so for those of you that are outside (laughs) and listening to this on independence day take this moment to pause and put on some sunscreen that's right even if it's SPF 30,
0: we're not sponsored by any sunscreen brands, but we're just no. looking to keep you safe,
1: right? Even oh. if you're reading in the shade, that's right. Go put on sunscreen or a hat. Well, Julia, should we jump in? We should. I think if everyone's still here, because it's been like four minutes of not book <laughs> yeah. talk. Uh, uh, let's do it. Let's do it, you guys.
0: When we realized this episode was coming out on the Fourth of July. There was a brief moment when we were like, well, what should we read? And immediately, I remembered this book, which seemed 4th of July themed, sort of. And it is called Red, White, and Royal Blue. And I'm really glad that we read this. Yes, I loved it so much. So much, you guys.
1: Yes, Casey McQuiston is an amazing writer. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I was really like not not looking forward to reading this but I was kind of hesitant because it is out of the usual genre that I read
0: definitely it is a romantic comedy for sure it's mm-hmm. not it really isn't like a romance it reminded me of how I feel when I watch princess diaries
1: yeah <laughs> it 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 clipped along like really well and it just it felt like a movie
0: yes it did it really really did i would be so surprised if there was not a film adaptation of this
1: um well there's actually going to be a film adaptation of this oh well the film rights have been option
0: oh my okay yeah okay that's exciting that's That's good news Well, I guess I'll start and I'll hit us up with a little summary. Red, White, and Royal Blue is the romantic comedy about the son of the president and the prince of England. Alex and Henry may be the golden boys in their respective countries, but they are the other's rival. When an altercation involving a $75,000 wedding cake occurs, there is a staged truce. However, as Alex and Henry learn more about one another, they become friends. And maybe much more. Amidst mm. the scrutiny of the royal family and the president's upcoming re-election, Alex and Henry fall in love and learn how to let their true colors shine through. That's so cute. <laughs> I love Alex and Henry so much.
1: I love them. They're too. they're so great. Do you want to know a fun fact?
0: Girl, I live for your fun facts. Yes,
1: yes, love that. Um, so it actually took me a little while to find one that I deemed worthy, good enough. <laughs> yeah, worthy. <laughs> of sharing because like some of the fun facts are really funny like my tj klune one where he just has a a work in progress about a dog who wants immortality um but this one i think is also appropriate for the book itself because it's an lgbtq plus book Mm -hmm. um casey mcquiston the author is openly bisexual and also non-binary which means they use any pronoun well not which means, but they they use any pronouns. So she, he, they is what that means. Not all non- non-binary use all pronouns, but Casey McQuiston is one of those non-binary fairies. That so is super cool.
0: We love to yeah. see it. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I figured she had to be because this book was so amazing. I was like, no white man wrote this.
1: Right. And. <laughs> Compared to like pillars of the earth. Um, (laughs) no, Casey McQuiston, when I was looking up all of the facts, this one, I found it on Wikipedia, actually, and then double checked all of my sources. Good. Um,
0: (laughs) Got to do that with Wikipedia sometimes.
1: Right. But I was on Goodreads at one point, and um, there were like... A couple of comments from angry people that are like, I don't think that straight white women should really be writing about gay men. Like, where is their connection with that? And a lot of people came in and were just like, well, first of all, Casey is bisexual and non-binary, so neither straight nor a woman. And second of all, I'm a gay man and I think that they did it perfectly, right. Like, I love this book. Like, why are you Why are you trying to stoke a fire here? There's I don't no get me.
0: that. Like I think if you do your research, like if I yeah. was to write a book and there was a gay male character, I would do my research. I would talk to people. I would make sure that I'm giving that character the truest and fullest life that I could. I don't think it means that I can't ever write a gay male character ever. I I, I feel like that's so, I feel like that's kind of small minded.
1: It's incredibly small minded, especially since authors and writers and everyone that creates stuff, their job is to, you know, expand your universe. Exactly. And if they can't expand their own universe, how are they supposed to expand yours Mm -hmm. as well? So as long as research happens, I feel like it, it does need to be, you know, done tactfully and definitely not stepping on toes, but you don't have to be the demographic that you're writing yeah. about.
0: Because uh, then, I mean, people get mad when straight white males only write about straight white males, but then you're arguing that they only should write about straight white males.
1: Right. We don't need more books like that.
0: I just... Trust that writers and publishers are doing their jobs. (laughs) This is a new age. Uh, Anyway,
1: thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Let's talk more about the book. Let's do it. Um, So I actually have a question for you, Maggie, right off of the bat. Usually we ask our our guests, how did you come across this book? And because you were the one that suggested this book, I want to know, how did you come across this book? Because I had not ever heard of it. I probably would have by this point, but... I I was the one throwing out like historical fictions yeah, about like Benjamin Franklin, <laughs> like all of this other stuff to do with Independence Day. So how did you come across red, white and royal blue?
0: I first remember seeing it on like a Barnes and Noble bookshelf, like new in paperback. Situation. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it there, but I never picked it up. I never like found out what it was about. And then one of my friends posted it on Instagram. And he was like, I just bought this book from The Strand. And I really, really, really loved it. It was so amazing. And I then became curious. And I was like, well, what is this book about? And I found out what it was about. And I was immediately interested. I knew I had to read it. And I was just trusting that one review I had from my friend.
1: That's amazing. Thank you, friend. Oh, I apologize. My cat's doing weird stuff today. He's very vocal.
0: Hey, we have to, it makes me feel better, honestly, because <laughs> Gulliver barks sometimes. <laughs> and then if I can hear your cab, I'm like, well, I guess we're even.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. We can start a tally for like <laughs> animal noises. I don't know what he's looking at, but his tail is like hitting the slider door right next to me. So uh, I, there's probably a chipmunk outside or something. Oh dear. I know. Um so anyway <laughs> moving forward yes uh do you have a favorite line from the book I bookmarked a section that I wanted to read
0: and then I um I just wanted to share sort of my favorite trope or like my favorite romantic element that kept occurring so mm-hmm. let me first find my line that I wanted to So this is when they're still rivals and this had me laugh out loud in public Mm -hmm. because they're so sassy to each other. So they've been fighting with each other. And then we'll start with Henry's line. Are you quite finished? Henry says, sounding strangled. Can you perhaps stop putting your life in danger now? Aw, you do care, Alex says. I'm learning all your hidden depths today. Henry exhales and slumps off him. I cannot believe even mortal peril will not prevent you from being the way that you are. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Just... Had me (laughs) rolling. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to share that because this book is really funny. It's not just romance. And I wanted people to know that. Um, (laughs) And then I wanted to share, just in general, sort of my favorite romantic element that happens is when they are sending emails to each other Mm -hmm. and their PS is always a quote from a book or a poem or a movie that's really romantic. And I really loved that they did that. I thought that was really, really cute.
1: That's super cute. Do you have? So my, I do, I do have a thing. I have two of them. And I also laughed out loud quite a bit when I was reading this and I was on the plane. Like I was, (laughs) I was reading this the day after I left your house and was just like in an airport for, I think, Six hours, six to eight hours, airplane, airport, airplane again. And I finished all but the last, like, 40 pages of the book while in the air. Um, So this one was very funny to me, where it was Alex, and he's just thinking. He's mostly the narrator Uh here. And (laughs) the line that he thinks is, straight people, he thinks, probably don't spend this much time convincing themselves they're straight. Yep. And I was like, you are correct, Alex. Yes. Um and I have like a ton of other highlighted spots. I didn't have a highlighter with me in the airport, and so I dog-eared the pages until I got home and then later found them again and, oh, and re-highlighted. Smart, smart. And some of them, I realized, are like mini spoilers and I don't want to give them away. But Definitely. the other little section that I wanted to read was actually from The Acknowledgements. Did you read The Acknowledgements? Yes, I did. They're so cute. I, Unless they're like a million pages long, I actually love reading Acknowledgements from authors. Um, and this one was right toward the end of Casey's to like a page and a half of them. And it says, to every person in search of somewhere to belong who happened to pick up this book, I hope you found a place in here, even if just for a few pages. You are loved. I wrote this for you. Keep fighting, making history, and keep looking after one another. Mm. And I was just like, oh my gosh. that. It's, it gets like the whole vibe of the book is just, you know, it wasn't meant to start anything. It was just a place for people to find themselves if they wanted to and be comfortable, which I thought was really nice. I love that.
0: I love that so much. And she made it so fun. I mean, I spent most of it being like, is Henry the 21st century, Mr. Darcy?
1: (laughs) is that what's oh my happening gosh right now? i hope so
0: holy cow <laughs> it was giving me some vibes for sure I could, I could see those vibes
1: absolutely not quite as but i don't know that alex solitary elizabeth
0: oh my gosh alex is like a lydia <laughs> <laughs> oh no Oh, no. Or like a Caroline Bingley with a heart of gold. Uh,
1: oh, man. <laughs> I could see Caroline Bingley with all of those remarks. Maybe, maybe like a mix of Elizabeth now that I think about it. Because Elizabeth is also very stubborn and yeah. outspoken. But I don't, I don't feel like Alex is as well read.
0: No, he's a little bit more. Shallow than Elizabeth, not in a mm-hmm. bad way, but he does care about appearances and
1: yes, yes,
0: how people view him and Elizabeth just doesn't give a heck about anything. no <laughs> <laughs> Oh this is so random, but you know what I thought about the other day what I just I don't know if this is actually funny or if I'm just like being stupid, <laughs> but I was thinking that if I got a male cat, I want to
1: name him Mr. Bennett. I don't know why, but I really, really do. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I would hope. So I found out that another random side fact about cats. I found out that male cats are actually much more needy than female cats, Mm -hmm. which I did not know, but now can agree with having owned a male cat for four or five months now. He's pretty Um, needy. Yes, they are very needy. Oh no. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, then I'll stick to getting a female cat.
1: Yeah. And you can still name the female cat, Mr. Bennett. Well,
0: if I have a female cat, I want to name her Catness.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right.
1: So, anyway, moving forward. Moving forward.
0: Who's your favorite character?
1: Ooh, that one's kind of tough for me because honestly, I really loved Henry and Alex. Mm -hmm. And I would love to have both of them be my favorite character. But I also loved, I mean, I don't remember her name, Alex's older sister. June. June. Yeah, June was really cool. All of the characters were really cool. Maybe, yeah, I guess maybe my favorite character would probably be Henry. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Nice, nice, nice
1: hmm. Do you have a favorite?
0: Yeah, it's definitely June. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like how protective she is of her little brother and how she's mm-hmm. kind of the one person in Alex's close, familiar life who's like, you don't have to go into politics. You don't have to do everything that mm-hmm. our mom says, even though she's the president. Like you can go out and right. pursue what you want to do. Like, it's okay. Like,
1: just think about it, though. You you have to tell the president no. I, Would you be able to?
0: I'm just glad that that pressure. Julia, remember in the beginning of this episode when I said I have a problem saying no to people? <laughs> If my mom was the president, I think I would have some problems
1: Mm -hmm. standing up for myself. June definitely stands up for herself Mm -hmm. in that aspect. I could see why you you would be drawn to her. Yeah. Yeah. She's very cool. Do you have a favorite secondary character? Favorite secondary character.
0: In terms of like a secondary character, my favorite would be Zahara. Is
1: that her? Yeah,
0: Zara. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yes.
1: You and I are the same here.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> They're um, so funny. Yes. Love
0: them. Yeah. They're just mm-hmm. kind of I don't I
1: don't really even
0: know what their job is fully. I uh,
1: secret service secret- agent for the first son, right?
0: Yeah, but they seem more in charge. I don't know. I couldn't fully
1: grasp that's fair. Um, maybe oh gosh. I so when these characters were introduced, we got like a ton of them just in a row and yeah. then it wasn't explained again.
0: And then they didn't and really so, show up until like the second half
1: yeah, of the book. But yeah, no. I think Zara is the the Shan for America. Okay. So Shan is the bodyguard for prince henry okay but also like sort of friend and and personal protector yeah. and i think that's i think that's the equivalent that makes
0: sense that makes sense yes yeah okay i was trying to see if i could find it quickly but i
1: think that your description makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right sweet yeah Both Shan and Zara made me laugh so much. Yes. (laughs) Like, they have their time to shine, and they do. And they do. They use their time wisely.
0: Not a wasted moment.
1: None. Yeah. And they have really good work-life balance.
0: Definitely. And I Mm -hmm. also loved that, in general... Casey McQuiston does not waste a character. There's no No. character that you just meet, and it does not mean anything. Every single secondary and tertiary character plays a role in the story. Mm -hmm. And I really, really love that. It just really flushes out the whole world of the book It makes it seem like so well-rounded.
1: Yeah. They hit it really well, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Ooh, big question. Mm. How do you feel about Alex's bisexual
1: realization
0: and then his coming out process?
1: Ooh. So I really appreciated that Alex's realization and process started later in life, Mm -hmm. I guess. I mean, not a ton later in life because I think he's only- He's younger than He's 21 to 23. I don't really remember how old he is. He's a senior in in college. Okay, so he's probably like 21, 22. And I just appreciated that, you know, he was older and didn't actually realize it until he and and Henry kissed, Mm -hmm. which is fun to me just because then it's like, okay, well, he's open to new ideas, I guess. Yeah, yeah, experiences. And his coming out process, I was so worried. I was so worried Mm -hmm. for him just because there's so much out there that's like when a character comes out, it ends up being like super traumatic for everyone involved, especially the person coming out. And in some cases, yes, it was. But in terms of like Alex's main people, like, yeah, like his, family. his family, yeah, they were all here for it. Mm-hmm. They were all no nonsense, but also very supportive. And I was just... Oh, I loved it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a really great balance of the struggle to come out, but also feeling loved by your family and yeah. feeling, like, supported by them because I was really worried it was going to be like, uh, oh, uh, their family doesn't support it. And
1: oh, my gosh, it's just I not the so kind of book stressed. that I
0: wanted to read.
1: Um uh, no. And we've
0: talked about this before where I really love books that just allow LGBTQ people to exist. It's not like a giant, Mm -hmm. I'm coming out now moment. And I liked that the moment happened in the book but it wasn't the story of the book, right? It wasn't like the right. only thing yeah. that was
1: going on. Mm-hmm. There were so many, not so many, but there were a few different plot lines going and that one wasn't even really the main one.
0: Yeah, and I really loved his thought process into realizing that he was bisexual and you even wrote right. the line like, I don't know why I'm like trying to convince myself. <laughs> right. Straight
1: people don't need to convince themselves that they're straight, right. like... They just know that they are. It was such an honest thought process, <laughs> and it went on for so long. I was like, "This
0: seems very real." <laughs> but,
1: it does, yeah. <laughs> especially since like bisexuals in the spectrum get so much crap. Yeah. Like, like if they're with someone of the same gender, then they're gay or lesbian. But if they're someone of the opposite gender, then they're straight. Like, there's no, there's no normalization, and there's so much bi phobia out there that oh, I was yeah. like, this is perfect. This book is great. And I loved it. And it was just it was so funny.
0: Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I was really, really thankful that he was bisexual and not just like,
1: right, not just realizing that he was gay. I'm yeah. glad that he stayed true to himself. Because I mean, he s- still was attracted to females.
0: Right? Yeah. We don't yeah. have enough books like that. So no, I really appreciated that storyline.
1: Yeah. So if any of you out there have other books with bisexuals in it, send them our way.
0: Yes, please. Let us know your personal favorite.
1: Oh, I've got one actually oh, what? just off the top of my head. The Rise of Kiyoshi, like the Avatar book.
0: Oh, you told me about that.
1: Yeah. Um, so I don't No, necessarily, if it's Kiyoshi or her girlfriend, but one of them is bisexual. But that was, those were fun books to read because I literally had no idea. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess this makes sense. (laughs) Nice. And then just moved on because it wasn't a main plot point.
0: People can be bisexual and we can move on. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to change anything.
1: Right? Avatar Korra is bisexual, but no one knew that unless they read the graphic novels after. I know, which is a shame
0: I because everyone told me that they're like, she's bisexual, blah, blah, blah. And then I watched the show, and I was like, she holds hands with one girl at the end,
1: right? Like, we're, what <laughs> we're supposed to get that she's bisexual. She's not just really close friends with her and holding her right. Hand. I've held hands with my
0: friends before,
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. um, so but. the graphic novels actually pick it up right after. They walk into the spirit portal. Ooh,
0: very mm-hmm. cool. Maybe I'll have to check that out.
1: You should. They're pretty good. I'm
0: trying to read more graphic novels, especially in my
1: 30 book June. Oh yeah, that'll be done at this point. How oh. how do you think it went?
0: Um, I'm hoping good. <laughs> right now, I am two books behind. Okay. I'm on bad. book seventeen and today's the nineteenth. So we'll see. I'm kind of struggling because there was like a short period where I just didn't want to read and I mm-hmm. don't want to force myself to read yeah. because I'm not in school. I don't have to, but now I'm behind.
1: So I'm just taking well, it day by there day you go um so back to red, white, and Royal Blue. Yes, this is an episode full of of just digressions, stories. Yep. Sorry, yeah. guys. It's because we haven't seen each other in two and a half No, we're weeks. trying to catch up. <laughs> well, also on the podcast. <laughs> um, Maggie, this question came from litlovers.com. Oh. And it asks, what's the most swoon-worthy moment in this book, if you can pick one? Oh, my. And what do you think is the biggest turning point for Alex and Henry's relationship?
0: Ooh, okay. I mean, honestly, the most swoon worthy moment for me is when they first kissed mm. because I was just like, finally. And Henry initiated it and he was mm. so shy and quiet and he just pushed him up against a tree and kissed him. I thought it was so... Yes. Mm. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the biggest turning point is when they all go on that sort of vacation to Texas mm-hmm. to visit mm-hmm. Alex's dad, and they're on a lake, and Alex's dad knows right away that Henry and Alex are together. He realizes that it has to be a secret because of politics. Mm-hmm. And all of this stuff comes out, and... um I don't wanna give anything away, but one of the yes. gentlemen can't handle it. And so <laughs> it's definitely a turning point in realizing what they need to do to either stay together or or grow right. separately. Yeah. yeah.
1: And there's there's so much conflict and fighting to stay together, which I feel like if normally you're doing that it doesn't end well. But, I mean, spoiler, this book has a happy ending. It's a romantic so. comedy. We're not giving right. anything away. So you don't day. have to be too stressed out by the end of the book. Like, when conflict is happening in it, it still ends well. Yeah. It still ends well.
0: It did give me peace because there were a few moments where I was like, oh, my God, just get together already. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: So I think my most swoon-worthy moment um, I really loved reading the text messages back and forth mm-hmm. between Alex and henry like even even before they got together, they just they antagonize each other all of the time, and that's just how I show affection is I'm a very antagonistic person. You're such an Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Laid reaction, laugh, and <laughs> agreement. Um, and so that was just one of those, like, I really loved that they they took it with a grain of salt, but then when they had moments that they needed to actually talk to each other. So I think the turning point maybe for me was when Alex finally called Henry. Oh, like yes. he called him on the phone, just in complete hysterics over something. And Henry's just baffled. He was just like, uh, kit, kit, are you okay? Can I help with anything? And Alex is just like spewing all of this stuff that he needs to get out because he's frustrated. Um, and then they go back to texting and. And that I feel like upped their level, like their yeah. their friendship level. It
0: was it was uh, no longer a fake friendship. Mm-hmm. Once he called him, it was like these two people really rely on each other.
1: Yeah, it was so nice.
0: It was really, really sweet. I loved that moment too. Good choice, mm-hmm. Julia.
1: Thanks. There are so many turning points in their relationship. There are. So I'm glad that we had two different ones.
0: Me too. That was smart That's of us. pretty cool. I know. <laughs> we didn't plan it. You sure didn't. Nope. Um, Well, Julia, the question adds a great deal of LGBTQ plus historical context for Alex's journey throughout the novel. In what ways is this important for both Alex and the reader?
1: Well, for Alex, I think it's probably really important because he's also starting on the journey of learning more of the history of LGBTQ history for both America and just the world and so that is really cool that we get to also go on the journey with him of learning more than maybe what we already knew and getting that sort of context which i mean he really goes all in once he realizes that he's on the alphabet or he's in the alphabet mafia like and okay shake it off shake it off words okay so he really, he really is all in when he finds out that he's in the spectrum. He realizes yeah. that he's there in our alphabet mafia. And it's really cool because he isn't trying to shy away from it. He's trying to learn more. He's trying to see how he can be more involved with this really enriching culture. Like there's mm-hmm. a huge, huge historical background for LGBTQ plus peoples yeah. just around the world. And so I feel like him learning about it also gives us a chance to learn about it yeah. as well, Absolutely. which is nice.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really important. And I also thought the moments where even Alex was thinking back on his own personal life and realizing the moments. That led him to being who he was were really important because I think mm-hmm. we as humans do that with anything. Like, if I was to wake up and decide that I realize that I want to be a scientist. I would look back on my life and pinpoint all of the moments mm-hmm. that led me there. And when Alex sort of discovers and and accepts his bisexuality, he does think back on all of the moments where he was already
1: right, where he where he was actually doing, and
0: he just chalked things. it up to being a horny right. teenager, right. <laughs>
1: Which, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's a very bisexual thing to do. I feel like all of us are idiots. None of us knows.
0: Nobody knows. The world is too complicated and emotions Mm -hmm. are too hard. Right?
1: (laughs) Why be emotional when you can be horny?
0: Um, Is that Alex's mantra? Probably.
1: (laughs) Probably. No,
0: I really, really loved it. I thought it was really, really smart for Casey to add all of those elements into the book.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially with – she did a very good job about it with the emails, too. Because, I mean, you were talking about how they were from historical people and all of this romantic poetry and all of this stuff. A lot of it, if not all of it – no, a lot of it, not all of it – was like snippets from not necessarily gay but also, maybe they were gay. I don't, I feel it's like wanted. Like so they like, yeah, they would
0: send each other historical letters or stories um, where the historical figures could have been a little bit.
1: Yeah. Gay. So like one was from Alexander Hamilton to what, Lorenz, mm-hmm. right? And isn't Alex Hamilton, he's like a known bisexual. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. There was one from like Eleanor Roosevelt to a close friend, which like I don't. Think anyone has ever come out and been like Eleanor Roosevelt was gay? That'd be Um, hilarious. That would be crazy. I don't Um, know though. I don't don't know know that she. I don't know that she was, but she did love her friend and missed her friend. And the part of the letter that was sent in the book was like very, very romantic, uh, romantic leaning. Yes.
0: If any of my friends sent me that letter, I'd be like, "Whoa, you're in love with me."
1: That would be amazing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Maggie. Yes. What did you think of the politics in the book?
0: You know, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Actually, mm-hmm. maybe not a lot. A few. Okay. Number one, America. We are dreaming big with this mm-hmm. president, which is cool. I love that in the future we have a mixed race female president.
1: Well, she's not mixed.
0: She's not mixed race. No, but a female president who is
1: who has a biracial family, has a biracial
0: family. Thank you. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem with it is that there didn't seem to be a lot of writing about the work that they were doing. And I get that we don't have a point of view of the president but Alex was working closely with her. He was talking a lot about turning Texas blue, but then it didn't feel like they really did a ton of work to show how they did that. And it just kind of felt like everything, like the world was becoming a better place, which is great. I love that. Mm. And it felt very romantic comedy-esque in that way where like people are just becoming better, but it didn't feel like a lot of work was put into it. And I didn't love that it was stated that it was immediately after the Obama presidency. I think it would have been better if it was just like in a 2024.
1: Oh, in like an alternate universe. Well, this isn't an alternate universe. No,
0: it is technically. But But if if they just like bumped it forward a little bit. So it's because they were, they were talking a lot about, we're right after Obama, we're right after Obama. And I was like, well, that's cool, right? That's great. Yeah. But it didn't add anything to the plot. And I was like, you're grounding me too much in 2016.
1: I definitely see what you mean. I kind of enjoyed that mm-hmm. aspect because I thought that maybe uh, Casey... Wrote the book. I mean, this book wasn't published too long ago. It was published during the Trump presidency. 2019, yeah. Yeah. And so I imagined her, they, he, I imagined Casey just thinking about what would have happened. If Hillary had won instead.
0: Sure, sure, sure. And just
1: taking that twist on it and changing it to, like, a slightly different universe, but still having, like, a female president and going down that route and giving us kind of the escape for
0: it. No, I I do love that. I do love that. And now that you say that, that totally makes sense to me. But it, it was just so often. And I was like... That's fair. Why? And it just felt like for no reason. But... I do like your reasoning. Um, oh, thanks. But And I do love his mom as president. She seems like a very cool president.
1: She does seem like a pretty cool president.
0: I love the way American politics are headed in this dream world. Sounds mm-hmm. very nice.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I wanted to say, I don't remember when, it seems more recent, not 2019, when Meghan Markle and Harry left the royal family. But I was like, wow, this has given me... Harry and Meghan vibes when Henry is struggling with being gay and not allowed to be in the royal family and his whole family is pushing him to still marry someone. He has Mm -hmm. to be in the military. He has to have kids.
1: Right. All of this, like, it's steeped in tradition. So obviously you have to do it. Yeah and Henry being like, "Well, I'm not traditional." Right. Like tradition is being a straight white male here and I'm I'm not straight. Mm-hmm. So And it's it, cool to respect
0: yeah. your country's traditions. That doesn't mean you have to do every single one of them.
1: No. And traditions while they're nice to be reflected on, don't necessarily need to be used every single time. Like if it's if it's not appropriate or appropriate's not the right word. If it's not beneficial mm-hmm. either way, then why does it matter?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, everything going on in England just felt very real, mm-hmm. especially with everything that's happened over there in the past year.
1: This is true. Yeah. The England Side of the politics definitely felt a little closer to what it is versus the American side of politics,
0: which I think is good in the book, because they were meant to have sort of opposite ideologies. I think realistically, we're sadly more similar than we would care to admit. I like the fictional world.
1: Yeah, it was nice. Were you surprised by anything in this book? We've talked about like plot twists and being surprised before. Yeah, I think I feel like neither of us really get surprised by stuff just because we've read so much. But were you surprised?
0: Surprised by some of the characters, like Henry's sister, I thought was really interesting.
1: Mm, um, mm-hmm. the
0: Vice President's granddaughter, I'm forgetting her name. Wow, why can't I remember it? I Hold just read please. this book.
1: Uh, I read this like two and a half weeks ago. I don't remember Nora. Nora.
0: I thought a lot of the female characters were really, really interesting and really complex. And Mm -hmm. I liked that a lot, that they were all really, really different. But I would say that I was not surprised by anything that happened in the plot, especially when I read a romance or a romantic comedy. I do feel like I'm in a blanket of safety, where even if there's a lot of turmoil, I know it's going to end up okay.
1: See, I, I I wasn't under that blanket. I was like, uh, I was so stressed after like stuff started going down, or like right after they decided they wanted to be in a relationship. My brain immediately was like, "Okay, how is this news going to break? And how how traumatic is this going to be?" Like, I was bracing myself to be traumatized through this book, and it didn't happen happily to me. That's like, good. That so that's what surprised me is that I wasn't traumatized reading this. I'm book. glad. Me too. I feel like maybe if I read more romantic comedies, I probably would have been under the same blanket sure. that you were under, but I don't read a lot of them and so I was I was ready to just cry by the end of it. That's completely fair. Mhm.
0: I was reading it in public, this book.
1: Same. I was in the middle seat every time.
0: You guys, I I just need to give you a warning. This book is steamy. It's so good,
1: but not in like a graphic way. Not in
0: a graphic way, but in like, there'll be a few pages and it is- And you'll blush. Yeah. I was blushing a lot. I had it kind of opened like this- Uh, so no one could see what i was reading
1: (laughs) so so everyone's like oh my gosh she's reading an erratic novel right now (laughs) for those of you that can't see maggie which is all of you but me uh she's holding the book open the size of like a tiny piece of pie (laughs) you would have to like flip it to like slightly see the left side and then completely change your hands around to see the other side of the book
0: this book just had me blushing like crazy
1: i i didn't actually care i was i was literally in the middle seat of the airplanes both airplanes and was just like open it up willy-nilly i'm pretty sure the guy next to me read some of this stuff because I, i would like laugh out loud and he was like an older dad person and and i'm just over here like laughing my ass off at this book and i think he not that he regretted but i think he might have regretted like trying to read the book with me
0: oh sure yeah i mean this doesn't seem like a book i my dad would read
1: no probably not i don't know i don't know would your dad read this book um hey dad would you read this book yeah. Let me know. Do you want to read a to this gay episode. romance set in politics? Um, no, I don't know that he would read it, but I feel like maybe he would. Maybe. He reads a lot of random books that I'm not expecting him to read. So
0: who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for you, but I was blushing. I blush really easily. So I was just red faced giggling. <laughs> Reading this book. That's amazing. Like a fool. Well, Julia, you already gave it away, but I didn't know this. But this book is going to be a movie.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be or it is optioned by Amazon Studios I and love that. something else. I don't know. Um, I don't know that they had an actual date on it or anything. Right. But when I was looking up the fun facts, that was something that I found. And so I was like, well, I might as well just put that on there. Definitely. Um,
0: mm-hmm. We needed to know.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, do you have casting for Alex and Henry?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. <gasps>
0: You're ready. You... <sighs> I, I only
1: have Henry. I don't know for Alex. Too tricky. Oh, okay. Cause I had Alex, but I didn't have Henry. Okay. Let's, but I'm let's not... bring them together. I'm not super happy with my idea for alex okay um it's just like the first person that popped into my head but and i don't even know his name so okay pause for a hot second we'll pause so the the guy that i'm thinking of who is also on riverdale okay. and i know he's in other stuff he the actor is graham phillips Hmm. And he played a not great character on Riverdale, which is what makes me not happy with my choice for him oh. as Alex. But he just, he has like the dark wavy hair, but it's still very clean cut. Yeah. And so he played the character Nick St. Clair. In Riverdale. Um, now that I'm looking at his IMDb, he also played Prince Eric in the live-action Little.
0: <gasps> he was that guy.
1: Yeah, that guy. Okay. Who do you have for Henry?
0: Okay. This answer just came to me in this moment. I wasn't picturing okay. him when I
1: was reading, but I was thinking Ben Barnes. Oh, okay. What do you think about this? I think Ben Barnes should be Alex. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, we can recast.
0: So, we can I mean, figure it I, out.
1: So I guess this now just came to me. When I was picturing Henry, I mean, just looking at the cover of the book, we see that Henry, at least in this illustration, is blonde. Um, oh, sure. And so I was thinking of the actor who played Cormac McLagan from Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I literally, I don't know. I don't remember entirely the descriptions of these these characters other than I know that Alex is um biracial. Yeah. And has dark curlyish hair. I just sort of make it up. Which is the whole that's point fine. of reading. That's like, right. <laughs> reading books without pictures makes it easier for you to make it up on your own. It's
0: my right as the reader to imagine the characters how I want to. Mm-hmm.
1: I do think we need Ben Barnes in it, though. <gasps> Can he be Shan?
0: Ooh, that's a good choice. That would be funny. That's good. <gasps> you know who would be really great as Nora? Mm. Olivia Cook. She Who's was in that? Bates Motel. She's, like, kind of shorter and has really curly brown hair. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what else she's in. She kind of looks like the American Maisie Williams.
1: Oh, okay. I, like, can sort of yeah. picture who you're talking about. So then can we just have Maisie Williams as Henry's older sister? Done. Perfect. Yes.
0: <laughs> Love that plan. Amazon Studios, hit us up for your casting needs.
1: Right? Let us know if you want us to put together a dream board for you. Yeah, we can we, we can make like this. multiple casts. We'll do the A cast and the B cast Ooh, for yeah. you. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. this plan.
1: Yeah. We'll just have all of the different options. <laughs> um. All right. So now that we have it cast, for those that have read Red, White, and Royal Blue, what books would you recommend, Maggie? Well,
0: thank you for asking me.
1: Mm -hmm. In general,
0: I would recommend Me Before You. I know I recommended this also for people who read The Notebook. It's my favorite romance novel. I love the story. I don't like the sequels, but I love Me Before You. It's really, really beautifully written. The characters are so funny and amazing and like really full characters who just love the other person for who they are. And that's a lot of the romance that's in this too, is um, Alex and Henry learning to love the other for who they are too. Um, in terms of a romantic comedy, the only other one I've really read in quite some time is The Proposal. And I read that this year. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's the greatest book ever written, but I, I had a lot of fun reading it. And it is about a young woman who gets proposed to at a baseball game in front of everybody. And he's the guy who proposes is like a pretty well-known actor and she doesn't want to marry him. (gasps) And so then another guy helps her escape the baseball stadium. And then the two of them, of course, fall in love.
1: Oh my gosh. I have to read this.
0: (laughs) What about you, Julia? What do you recommend?
1: So mine The only book of the recommendations that I have that I've actually read is The House in the Cerulean Sea. Sure. I was trying to go down the route of more LGBTQ romance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And so that one, I think, also has a very wholesome uh, tone to it. Obviously, if you've listened to our very second episode of – with Amy, we read and talked about The House in the Cerulean Sea, and that's by T.J. Klune. It's so good. Honestly, so Seriously? good. Um, T.J. Klune also has another book called The Extraordinaries, and that one is about two gay teenagers that find love. Um, I haven't read it, but it's in my cart, and another one that I have in my cart um, – that was suggested from someone on Goodreads is called Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, which, again, I haven't read it, but I'm going to (laughs) based on these recommendations. So I'm really just telling you what I'm about to read. But then finally, I mean, Casey McQuiston's most recent book just came out. Actually, it's called One Last Stop. Um, And if it is anything like – her first book. I bet it's amazing. I bet it and, is. and you should read it. So I've heard we'll really good you know. things about it. Yeah, I've been seeing so many cool yeah. things about it. So Julia, any last thoughts? I don't know. I mean, this book, I'm glad that that you suggested it. I'm glad that it got me out of, you know, the normal fantasy comfort zone yeah. that I live in most of the time. And I look forward to doing that more. Love
0: that. Yeah, yeah, I think we both what about you? took a chance on this book, and I just loved it. I feel like it's going to encourage me to pick up more books when I yeah, go it, to, like, a mm-hmm. bookstore to, like, read the back of them and see what they're all about instead of just looking at the cover and walking away. And being
1: like, <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've probably looked at the cover and walked away from it because it's yes. like a light pink and it just doesn't scream Julia.
0: but That is true. But
1: uh, but it's really good.
0: It's really worth it, you guys. Well, mm-hmm. before we um, head out, Julia, I want to tell you something. Okay. Really, really exciting news oh my that I think you're oh going to love. Ready? Okay. Drumroll. Yeah. I was accepted to the University of Edinburgh for <laughs> screenwriting.
1: holy shit (laughs) so are you moving to scotland i don't know but
0: i wanted you to know this information oh my gosh i have to figure out my life but i was really excited and i knew you would be extra excited
1: oh that's so cool congratulations thank you i've been dying to tell you yeah we were so we were supposed to record like last week and then uh a we rescheduled and then re rescheduled and you told me that you had news and weren't going to tell me until we were on the podcast. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh my gosh, what is this? I literally had no idea what you were going to tell me. This is so cool. Oh my gosh. I could run into V.E. Schwab on the streets. Holy shit. (laughs) Maybe we'll get Scottish listeners. (gasps) Maybe. That's really something to think about. Yeah, we already have a French listener.
0: That's right. Actually, let's shout them out really quick.
1: Yes. Hello. Shout out to you, our French listener. I just want to say we love you. We see you.
0: And we appreciate you.
1: So much. Thank you. Share us with your other friends.
0: Yes. And if you ever want to hit us up with questions or book recommendations, let us know. We'd love to chat. We would. Well, I think with that... We heckin' did it,
1: you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh... (laughs) I'm just still blown away by the Scotlanders. We have, like, an outro script that we read, and it says underneath that line, Julia, in parentheses, if we have a guest, and I almost started saying it. We don't have a guest. Um, (laughs) If you like what you heard and want more content just like it, check out our Patreon Uh, We post videos of our book unboxings and book hauls, and we're going to have one of us playing a game together. Um, And each month we have a super fun extra special episode about the novel finds we're currently reading.
0: We also do a monthly Q&A session where we answer your questions. You can ask us anything. Feel free to email us your questions at novelfindspodcast at gmail.com. You can also submit your questions on our Patreon.
1: And if you need even more bookish content in your life or think that someone else needs more bookish content in their life, uh, follow us on Instagram. Send us to your friends. Talk about us to your family. Be like, who are these two Midwestern girls that talk about books? Do you like Midwestern girls or books or both? (laughs) Share us (laughs) with your family and friends.
0: Um. Our email, (laughs) Patreon, and Instagram handle can be found in our bio. Again, thank you so much for listening.
1: We went off book for this, you guys, but we will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.